From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled, Hear so as to be heard. The text is John chapter 15 and verse 7, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Note well that we must hear Jesus speak if we expect him to hear us speak. If we have no ear for Christ, he will have no ear for us. In proportion as we hear, we shall be heard. Moreover, what is heard must remain, must live in us, and must abide in our character as a force and a power. We must receive the truths which Jesus taught, the precepts which he issued, and the movements of his Spirit within us, or we shall have no power at the mercy seat. Suppose our Lord's words to be received and to abide in us, what a boundless field of privilege is opened up to us. We are to have our will in prayer because we have already surrendered our will to the Lord's command. Thus are Elijah's trained to handle the keys of heaven and lock or loose the clouds. One such man is worth a thousand common Christians. Do we humbly desire to be intercessors for the church and the world? And like Luther, to be able to have what we will of the Lord? Then we must bow our ear to the voice of the well-beloved and treasure up his words and carefully obey them. He had need to hearken diligently who would pray effectually.
these troublesome times for our nation, many people are looking to the government or to social action for a solution. But the only real answer to the human predicament is a true spiritual revival. Many Christians have no idea of what constitutes revival in the scriptural sense. Certainly the greatest revival in the history of the Christian church took place on the day of Pentecost. Down through the centuries, there have been remarkable visitations of God during which thousands were gloriously saved. Times such as the Protestant Reformation, the revivals in England under John Wesley and George Whitfield, the Great Awakening in America associated with Jonathan Edwards were times of genuine spiritual revival. The common factor in all of these events was an undeniable demonstration of the power of God rather than the ingenuity of man. In the early 1950s, such a revival occurred on the Isle of Lewis, one of the Hebrides off the west coast of Scotland. In the course of several years, hundreds of people were converted to Christ, and many churches were built to take care of them. Again, the Holy Spirit of God came down in power. The preacher during those days was the Reverend Duncan Campbell. Yet what took place on Lewis was not due to his pulpit skills, but to the overwhelming moving of God among the people. 
Strong men, hardened sinners who mocked the preacher, were suddenly struck to their knees by the roadside under conviction of sin. Young people in a local dance hall left their frivolity and ran to the churches, crying for mercy upon their souls. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make available CD copies of both Duncan Campbell's account of what happened during those revival times on Lewis, as well as a CD containing personal testimonies of people who came to salvation in Jesus Christ during those revival times. The CDs are available to you free of charge, simply by requesting your copies. You may write us at LTBS, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's LTBS, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may telephone us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Just request your copies of the CDs of The Revival on the Isle of Lewis. You will be blessed greatly as you listen to these accounts of the power of God at work. Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns will bring the concluding portion of a message called The Spirit of Promise, part of this series on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. 
The texts are found in John chapter 7, Acts chapters 1 and 2. Although it is true that the Spirit empowered individuals in the Old Testament, the real fullness of the Spirit had to wait until Christ had finished His work on the cross and was glorified. This work of the Holy Spirit is the distinctive mark of the New Testament church. As Dr. Cairns has been showing from Scripture, Christ is the source of this fullness of the Spirit, for it is the Spirit's work to apply Christ to believers so that they may live and serve with power. Sadly, many Christians do not seem to experience that power for various reasons. Yet, it is the will of God that His people should know that overflowing of the Spirit's fullness, which alone can touch others for Christ. Now Dr. Cairns concludes this message, The Spirit of Promise. One of the world's richest men was asked, What do you want? Now you've got it all. I want just a little more. God trusts you with riches, fine, use them for his glory. But never think that that will satisfy you. Never think that a change of surroundings and better circumstances will satisfy you. My friend, there is an aching void in the heart of a man and a woman that only Christ can satisfy. I know rich people who are very satisfied because they have Christ. I know poor people who are equally satisfied because they have Christ. I've told you before the story of a friend of mine up in Toronto, one of the elders of our Toronto church. He went to a meeting. I'm not sure if it was Amway or some of these organizations, but it was one of them. And they were motivating people to come into the program and get rich quick. And the first thing they did, he was only there really, being forced by a friend. And uh, they made them list some things that they really wanted. And you've got this goal in your mind. Now here's the way to work to it. And so they then got them to read out. One fellow wanted a, uh, so much more money. Another fellow wanted a Cadillac. Another fellow wanted a, a nice house by the lake is a second house. Another one wanted to be able to take holidays when he liked and where he liked. And so they all went around. They were all getting worked up. And it finally came to Peter. He's a wee fellow of about six feet, six or seven inches, so they couldn't really look over him. And uh, he stood up and he said, One man is asked to have so much money. I have it. And more. One man has asked that he would have a Cadillac. I have that too. If somebody wants to be able to take holidays, I can do that when I like. If somebody wants a second house by the lake, I have it. But I want to tell you that only Jesus Christ can satisfy my soul. I was delighted with the testimony. He wasn't crowing about what he had. Not at all. But so often people say, well, it's just sour grapes because you don't have it. It wasn't sour grapes. No, sir. He had the sweetest grapes of all. For he had the grapes from the brook of Eshcol. He is God's son and God's salvation. 
Your craving is Christ you need. And he does satisfy. But listen, then there's an overflowing. It used to be said, I don't know why it has ever stopped being said, but it used to be said in evangelical meetings that were for deeper life and fuller life, etc., that only the overflow reaches others. How true that is. We have a race of Christians today and they just have enough grace to struggle through. They just have enough knowledge of Christ to struggle through on their own. There's no overflowing, joyful, abundant fullness. And we blame it on television. Well, you may, if you're sitting watching it for hours, no doubt that will be part of your problem. But we blame it on television. We blame it on the hardness of the times. We blame it on the sinner. Man, it's time we got it back to our own door and realized if we were living in the overflowing fullness of God, the Holy Spirit, then it would reach out to others. That's the essence of the promise. Just remember this, and I, I don't want to take much time on it. This fullness of the Holy Spirit is a fullness of the Holy Spirit revealing Christ. It's the fullness of the Holy Spirit applying Christ to us. We're living in a day of a charismatic delusion when they have isolated the Holy Spirit from the person and work of Jesus Christ, where the experience is of the Spirit in himself. And I tell you, whenever you have people who are emphasizing the experience of the Spirit in himself, you have heresy. The work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Christ, to apply Christ, to lead us to the fullness of Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's work. That's the essence of the promise. The experience of the promise well, we have read of it briefly in Acts 2. God fulfilled it on the day of Pentecost. We'll look at that more fully in a separate study. But for now, let me come to a close by noting finally. First, we have said there's a marked difference in the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Secondly, that the work in the Holy Spirit of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, revealing Christ in all his fullness, is the distinctive mark of the New Testament church. The last thing I want to say is this, that the experience of the promise of the Holy Ghost provides dynamic power to the church of Christ for all its witness. I've already hinted at this more than a little. The rivers flowing out in Acts 1 and 4, Christ gives the promise of the Spirit. In Acts 1 and 8, he comes back to it. He says, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Pentecostal churches want us to believe so often that the mark of the Holy Spirit in his fullness in the church is a charismatic gift. tell you the mark of the Holy Ghost in the Church of Christ is power for service. All 
You go through your Bible, you'll find there were times when the Holy Spirit came in fullness and there was no charismatic exhibition at all. But there was power for service. The Lord Jesus says, Ye shall receive power, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And then he gives the great missionary mandate for the church. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus is saying, in effect, that this mighty river of the Spirit is going to start flowing. And as in Ezekiel's vision, where does it start? It starts in the temple. It starts in that body of people who are meeting in the temple in Jerusalem. And it starts flowing out to Jerusalem. It reaches to all Judea. It goes on to Samaria. And it then bursts its bites and it goes to the uttermost parts of the earth. It's the fulfillment of the 46th Psalm. There is a river. Better. God is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. There is this mighty river of God's fullness of grace and power, which the Lord Jesus is saying will give power to the church to witness. If you read the whole book of Acts, how is the book developed? The river did flow to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and out to the ends of the earth. Now we still live in the day of the ministration of the Spirit. We're living in a day when the Holy Ghost is given to God's church. The promise has never been revoked. I'm sick, sore, and tired of hearing Christians make excuses. It's very easy to do. And really say that there's no hope of revival in our day. It's not the will of God to have revival in our day. We're supposed to be fundamentalists. We're not supposed to be adding to Scripture. And I will give any man that Bible and ask him to show me why it was the will of God according to Scripture that in 1857-1859 there should be revival in America and in Britain. Why in 1901 there should be revival in Wales? Why in 1948 to 51 there should be revival in the Isle of Lewis? Why in even later times there have been revival in some mission fields of the world? And yet at the same time, according to them, the Bible says, you can't have revival in America in 1987. I would like to see the scripture for it. There's not a man living who'll show it to me, for it's not there. If we are living in the age of the ministration of the Spirit of God, the promise has never been revoked. Jesus says, He that believeth on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then the norm for Bible believers is such an effusion of the Holy Ghost that they will see results in the world in which they're living. That's the norm. That means that we are living subnormal Christian lives. May 
God help us to see the promise. May God help us to realize it is not a promise for a super elite. It is God's promise for God's church in this day, in this generation. May God use the promise to beget faith within our hearts and to encourage our souls that we shall see in our own lives that abundant fullness and through our service that abundant usefulness. As you leave this house this morning, ask yourself these questions. Am I saved? That's the first thing. You have not been until you're saved. I've received Christ. Thank God then I'm saved. When I'm saved, I receive the Spirit. Am I satisfied with Christ? Am I living in the joy of Christ? Am I living with the springing water that becomes rivers? I ought to be. May God so convict our hearts we get on our knees and stay there. Until we reach the level of normal, basic Bible Christianity. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 